Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Forest Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And we have a great guest on tonight. Father Jim Blunt is with us. Very excited to talk about dark times, but of course, the purest victory. Excellent program. I think you're all going to really enjoy this one. Don't go away. Of course, everything needs to begin with prayer. And Father Heilman, sure. we'll leave it to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. And thank all of you out there who support the U.S. Grace First podcast. We are very appreciative. You are in our prayers daily. Don't ever forget that. We thank you so much for keeping us in your prayers and your holy hours and your mass intentions. It means everything to us. And we thank all of you who support us with the Patreon program. That is also a powerful way to help us continue to get this message out. Patreon is one of those ways to just throw a few dollars our direction, and it helps take care of so many things. You can click the link in the description below or in the summary and find that direction if you'd like to do that, if you feel so inclined. And we thank you so much for that. Now, there's so many things going on in the world. We all know there are very dark times that we're living in the midst of. We want to get right into this with Father Jim Blunt. Father Jim, we've been hoping to get you on for quite a while. We're so thankful. Um, I know we talked just a little bit before here that I had met your brother in, I think, Tampa area at our men's rosary event. And that was exciting. I remember asking him, I said, someone told me, hey, that's Father, that's Father Jim Blunt's brother. And I said, oh, so I went, hey, excuse me. And I asked him if we could get you on sometime. And I think he said, yeah, I think he'd be interested. And then I, I never, I never figured out how to get a hold of your brother. So, <laughs> so I apologize for that. But anyway, great to have you on. You are a member of SALT, uh, Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And you are an exorcist. You've been involved in deliverance work since, I think you said, before you became a priest, back as a teenager, in fact. Yes. Um, so we want you to break down a little bit. Um, you've been receiving incredible messages from heaven. Uh, Our Lady's been showing you things. You've had visions. You've had all sorts of unbelievable things that point to the times that we're in and just how dark things are, but the tremendous hope that we all know is coming. And we just have to make that decision of our own free will, which side we're going to, we're going to go towards. So a little bit about yourself and, and what brings you to this incredible place that you're in right now in the spiritual battle. Well, I tell you, Doug and, and Father Rick, the greatest blessing in the world is to be Catholic. To be a baptized Catholic is the greatest gift in the world, bar none. Mm -hmm. And that's why Lucifer, the enemy, is so much attacking the church and every level to try to destroy the Catholic church where the only thing standing between him and his worldwide victory. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great privilege to be Roman Catholic. And we know that we're on the winning team. And of course, the enemy, he's pretty smart himself. And so he's trying to destroy the church herself from within. So to be aware of this, everyone, but I'm really blessed to be Catholic. And part of that was being Roman Catholic as I was raised in the saints and reading the lives and the books, the stories and the writings of the saints from, from the time of a child. And that's really the best literature that our children could read to read about the saints. I mean, these are the true superheroes. They're looking for Superman and Batman, but we've got people that are a thousand times more powerful and more interesting in our saints. 
So being raised on that literature, you know, with St. Francis of Assisi and St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Joseph of Cupertino who would fly in the air like St. Padre Pio, all of these, these wonders, you learn from the saints both the doctrine of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's really been my, if I have any secret is to be soaked in the Catholic faith from the earliest days. And one of my earliest memories is sitting on the floor next to my dad. He was on the couch with my mom and I would sit on the floor with my brothers and sisters. I'm one of eight children. And I'd sit right next to my dad or really uh, right next to his knees and watch the television with him. We would watch Bishop Fulton J. Sheen every week live. And I still remember that the time I was like four years old and five and six watching, watching Bishop Sheen. And as a family, and that really put the spirit of God, I believe, into my heart. And as I watched him, I knew that God was somehow leading me in my future, what I'd be doing one day as well. And so if I have any secret, it's that, it's the Catholic faith. If you say, if life is a problem or a mystery, then the Catholic faith is the answer, the Catholic faith. In particular, the Eucharist and the Virgin Mary who teaches us how to worship Jesus in the Eucharist and how to receive him well. And so I really want to proclaim a message to all who are watching is, is come back to the Catholic Church or if you're in the church, seek to know her better and deeper. Everything is there. Everything is there. It's a gold mine. It's a diamond mine. We still haven't um, uncovered all the great gifts God has given to the church. So everything is there in the Eucharist, in Our Lady, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in the sacred scriptures, in the lives of the saints. We have everything. And so we should ask the Holy Spirit to guide us for sure. But we have what we need and victory is on the way. And like you said, Doug, the, really the question now is, which side will I be on? The victory is coming. Will I be on the side of victory or on the side of, of losing, the side of defeat and depression and despair? We need to make a decision now. And this appears to be a worldwide test that we're in and perhaps like a final test for the church. Can the church remain faithful to her crucified and risen master? Even when you might say all hell breaks loose, even when the hurricane comes, can we still remain faithful to our Catholic faith when everything around us has dissolved? It seems to be like a, a marvelous, um, you might say, last days sort of test for us. And I would give one example of this with one of my former bishops. I was a, an, I am a missionary priest and I was serving in the nation of Belize for many years. And one of my bishops, Bishop Doric Wright, a wonderful bishop of Griffin, Indian, he and I were, were very close friends. But Bishop Doric had quite a story. He was in Belize when Hurricane Hattie came and destroyed the country of Belize, basically the whole shoreline. Belize City is actually below sea level. And so if a hurricane comes, they're in trouble. And we had a couple of hurricanes come when I was there. We had prayer rallies. And one hurricane came within a few miles of the shore, stopped and went back out as we all prayed in Eucharistic adoration. It was an unbelievable miracle. Mm. But years ago, when Bishop Dork was a little boy, he's gone to his reward now. But he and his mother were in Hurricane Hattie. They were living in Belize City. The waters came in. I don't know how many thousands of people drowned and died. But his mother grabbed him. He was a little boy. And they had their house was swept away. So they were holding on to one tree in the front yard as the waters came rushing in. 
She told him to hang on for dear life. And the waters took his mother away. She was pushed out to sea. She drowned. A little tiny boy holding onto the tree all by himself. Finally, the hurricane was over. The waters receded. And this little boy survived became an acolyte and became the bishop of the country and the church and the diocese of Belize. Wow. And that's kind of like, you know, a good analogy was happening right now. Right. Like this satanic storm is over us and it's over yes. the country. Hold on to that tree. That's the cross yeah. of Jesus Christ. Hold on to that tree to your Catholic faith. Do not let go. The storm will stop and you will emerge victorious. Hold on to that tree. That's a beautiful well, example. Go ahead, Father. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, respect your elders. I'm 24 days older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but we were raised at the same time, so I'm I'm very sentimental listening to you talk about being at your father's feet, watching Archbishop Fulton Sheen, because I was I come from a family of seven, and that's what we did too. We yes, and I'm nostalgic for those days, obviously, and. There, there was a there was a sweet innocence during that time, only because I think we all had a strong God filter or a moral compass at that time, and you just simply knew right from wrong and, and good from evil, and and it was just acceptable. It was strong during that time. You know, the, the, the title of our show talks about darkest times and then purest victory. You know, I think you and I both watched as children. We're wheeling our bike down the street, right? And we're seeing what's going on all around us. Um, and you know, in a lot of ways we're, we're like, you know, what's this all about? Cause this isn't like it used to be right. It's, it's different. And, uh, it, there was a sense of, uh, I, this is the way I describe it. It's, it's a sense of, we went from this serene, uh, you know, pasture by restful waters, you know, this beautiful order to just wild. We, we went wild all of a sudden it seemed at least that as I look back now as a little kid growing up in the 60s and uh it, it's it, that that a wild hurricane or tornado came in of the diabolical I think during that time but father you know maybe you can give your assessment of what you believe um what what was going on at that time well at least to mention this that we sometimes overlook this, but the assassination of President John Kennedy, I remember that as a little boy. It was yeah, me too. absolutely horrendous, horrendous. Then Martin Luther King and then Robert Kennedy, his brother. Something died, you know, in a Don McLean, who actually is Catholic, who wrote that song, you know, American Pie. Yeah. The... That's yep. what he was writing about, right? The day the music died. That was the, the day John Kennedy died. was killed, right? Yeah. This beautiful, idealistic president. And here's something that's not well known. I'm born and raised in, in Tampa, Florida. And President Kennedy was in my hometown the week before he died. Wow. And there was a presidential motorcade. My dad was in his legal office. My dad told me about it when he got home. He went out of his office and went on the street there in South Tampa and saw the president. And when I went to Sunday school class, my pastor told us that President Kennedy had went, had gone to one of the Catholic churches, the church where I was baptized, Christ the King Catholic Church in Tampa. Right. Our pastor told us he went there to go to confession. Wow. And the Secret Service men put him in, in the front of the line for confession. Mm 
for security reasons. Mm. And President Kennedy refused and went to the back of the line and waited his turn. Wow. And then went to confession. And I'm saying that on purpose, first to display the incredible mercy of God, that our beautiful God knew what they had planned, mm. those who killed him. He knew what was coming. Most of us know that President Kennedy was a bit of a rascal in some ways, but I don't like to throw that out because we don't want to be throwing, throwing stones at somebody, especially after they die. He had a good heart. He was a good man in many, many ways. And apparently God in his mercy saw that, saw his heart, and gave John Kennedy the opportunity to go to holy confession a few days before he was assassinated. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. incredible. That's I've really not known. I know. My pastor told it to us in our CCD class. I still remember him telling us this. And he knew because he knew the pastor of Christ the King. I was at St. Patrick's Catholic Church. I believe that's a true story because I knew my pastor well. And he was telling us with tears in his eyes what had happened. Mm. So I think that was the day the music died when an idealistic, a young president who was beautiful in many ways was murdered in front of us. And there was a signal being sent, I think, to the whole country and to the whole world. A signal was being sent when they killed our president in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so, so I think something devastating happened. And I also see this, though, in an even a wider lens with the dream of Pope Leo XIII or the vision that he had in the Vatican. When he saw this incredible war, he heard the voice of the evil one, a grovelly voice, and the sweet voice of Jesus having a conversation. He heard Satan challenging the Lord and telling the Lord that he would destroy his church. And as back in the 1880s, and our Lord said to the, to, to the demon, okay, what do you need? He says, I need more time and more power. And our Lord said to Satan, according to Pope Leo XIII, you have the time, you have the power. And Pope Leo later wrote, he thought that our Lord was giving to Satan approximately, not exactly, he said approximately 100 years. And many theologians think that that 100-year marker started with the miracle of the sun at Fatima, Portugal in right. 1917. That that's when that 100-year period started, when that incredible vision occurred, witnessed by 70,000 people. Which yeah, was exactly 33 years to the day of the, uh, uh, which is the life of Christ. Incredible. 33 yeah. years to the day. You're right. Day. Yeah. Incredible. That seems to be a real confirmation. That's when the countdown started. So yeah. 2017, just a few short years ago, would have been 100 years. Right. And Pope Leo said, I understood it to be approximately 100 years. So I see this assassination of John Kennedy and the takeover of our country and of the Western culture as part of the fulfillment of this this prophecy yeah. but satan will not win satan cannot win we need to keep our eyes though on jesus just like the first pope simon peter we can't be looking at the storm it will scare us to look at the storm and satan is ugly he's literally appeared to me physically in my bedroom he's truly ugly and hideous we don't be looking at him don't look at the storm keeping our eyes on Jesus and on the virgin of victory. The first prophecy of God in the entire Bible is that the victory would be given to us through his mother. His, his mother and her heel would crush Satan mm. and or her son would crush Satan. But the first prophecy in sacred scripture, 
keeping our eyes on Jesus and on the mediatrix of victory, Our Lady, then we'll be assured that the victory is on the way. We begin to taste and experience the victory in advance. Mm -hmm. In a certain way, Father and Doug, the victory has already come. Mm -hmm. It's been proclaimed, and God's word is eternal. We want to live in that victory and watch it being played out. And the best place to do that is in before the Blessed Sacrament. You know, something along those lines, Father, that comes to my mind as you're saying that is the victory is already there. We know this. It's it's kind of like when the invasion of, of Normandy, June 6, 1944, when that took place and they, they broke that Atlantic seawall, which had been built up for four years by the Germans. And everybody pretty much knew at that point, okay, they landed 125,000 troops in 24 hours. They're going to win this war eventually. But there was still a lot of fighting along the way. So there were still a lot of lives on the line. And I kind of look at this as we've seen these amazing messages of Our Lady. We mentioned Fatima. Then it would be good to mention that it was on October 13th, 1973 in Akita, Japan, which is the anniversary of the Miracle of the Sun that you mentioned, where the Blessed Mother says that there's going to be fire falling from the sky. There will be this, this battle in, in the church with cardinals against cardinals and, 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 and so forth, that this was going to be. And all of that is unfolded except the fire from the sky part. But the fact that we've had all of this telling us this is coming, God is going to be triumphant. The Immaculate Heart of Our Lady is going to triumph. But these, these battles, these skirmishes are still going on along the way. <clears throat> The families, the the torn up um, scenarios, marriages and lives, the addictions, the the suicides, all the issues that are going on that we're seeing all around us right now, and so you know the the, the title of the show, "Darkest Times, Purest Victory," I think really speaks very much to to this point that there will be this purest victory, Our Lady, and and we, we, I have this this thing that you know Father and I are you know, we're part of BR Coalition, which is Be Ready Coalition, and it's a body, mind, and soul. It's how do we physically prepare for anything from changing a flat tire, jump-starting your car to a natural disaster, having food and water. But everything is, it revolves around the spiritual preparation that we are taking the step spiritually to be better prepared as we should at any time in our life. But one of the statements that we always talk about uh, that I, I, lo I love the quote is that hope is found when you have a plan of action in the face of a crisis, no matter what it is. So your kid falls and breaks his leg. Where's the hope? Well, I can call 911 or I can put my kid in the car. I can take him to the hospital, emergency room, urgent care. There's hope in the plan of action of getting the child who's now hurt to a place where they can be cared for. Spiritually speaking, and I've used that Genesis 3.15 a lot, that when man fell, God reveals a plan of action about the redemption of mankind, and it, and it involves Our Lady, and it's all mentioned right there in the beginning. And the fact that you just mentioned that, I think, is, is, is so uh, apropos, I think, is, um, is, that, is that Irish, Italian, Greek? What is apropos? French. I don't even know. Uh, regardless, though, uh, I love that you said that. Now, I, I do want to bring this up. I, I, the audience has heard you have had some pretty incredible visions about these times, and one in particular of Our Lady unfurling this dark cloth around the earth. Could you speak to this and what it refers to? Because if I'm not mistaken, we've already been through one phase of that. Uh, but I'll let you explain this because I know the audience would love to know more in detail, as would we, what happened and what God, what Our Lady is saying to you. 
Well, yes, I never know uh, when the Lord is going to move on me, when he's going to say something or, or show me something, as he himself taught us that the Holy Spirit is like the wind, and you don't know where he comes from or where he's going, but you know when he's there. And so this occurred, I was preaching a mission in the southern part of the United States of America, one of the southern states, and my helper, Dave, was driving. We went to the church where the mission was going to start on a Saturday morning. We got our materials and began walking up a, a kind of a steep incline to the front entrance of the church. Moving upwards, I just happened to look up naturally, and suddenly I saw the Virgin Mary in the sky above me several miles up high, just her torso, like from her waist up, almost like Our Lady of Perpetual Help, almost that image. Okay. Very, very beautiful. And I'm looking at her, and it wasn't all that surprising to me in the sense that, you know, when, when you pray constantly, you're, you have the abiding presence of the Lord with you. So I'm used to that presence of Jesus in Mary, having a healing ministry. I've seen many, many miracles. And so I'm used to these kinds of things happening that wasn't like shocked out of my mind. I was pleasantly surprised and how beautiful she was. I'm watching her and she's kind of big actually. And Mary has something in her hands. I couldn't see what it was. It was dark, something in her hands. She's of course very gentle, very feminine. As I'm watching her, suddenly whatever it is, something black comes out of this. I thought it was like a box or a cylinder, but something black came out of it. And I realized it was black fabric. So it was like a ream of material that a tailor might use to make a dress or a suit. It was like a ream of material, but you couldn't see from the distance where she was and from my perspective. Material came out and was flowing out, began to spin in her hands. And this huge uh, black material circled around the globe. It went around and came back where I saw it again. There's Mary. And it circles again, like five degrees over. And again, another five degrees over. And about 25 rounds, and the whole earth is blacked out from the sun. Totally black. And then I see in white, against this totally black background, in white letters, blackout. And then it all disappeared. Now, that's interesting. And I told my partner, Dave, what I just saw. We both thought it was interesting. We didn't have any time to discuss it. We had to get in to get set up. So we went in. And we gave a mission all day long in a healing service in this beautiful parish. We're all done now, about five or six in the evening. We're packing things up, going back out to the car. As we leave and pack things in the car, I just happened to look up again with nothing on my mind. Just naturally, I opened the door and looked up, and there she was again. The exact same image of the beautiful Virgin Mother holding this black thing in her hand. By now, I thought maybe that's the same ream. I'm watching her, same thing happens. It unfurls, it spins, the material circles around the globe maybe 20 times, but everything now is completely dark. Then I see the letters in pure white black out. Then it disappears. I said, Dave, look, it just happened again. So he thought, that's really interesting. I wonder what that means. I said, well, it seems like a warning of some sort. We got in the car, drove about 10 minutes away to a parishioner's house, to have like a Thanksgiving dinner, a thank you dinner afterwards for my team. So we went to the house with this beautiful parishioner and her husband, they had a nice dinner for us. We park on the street. Again, her driveway is very steep. We walked up her steep driveway to get into the house. And again, now the sun's starting to set. Again, Our Lady appears in the sky, exact same image, exact same black ring, 
unfurls, circles the earth, everything is completely black, and the word blackout, and then it disappeared. I said, Dave, it just happened a third time. I didn't know what it meant at first. I knew it was serious, though. My and first what, thought. And what wait, year was this, Father? Forgive me. What year was this that this happened? This was about, um, if I remember correctly, about five or six years ago. Okay. If I remember correctly. Okay. They might remember better than I do. Okay. All right. Sorry. So no problem. My, my only thought was the three days of darkness, because I saw darkness three times. So that was my one thought, is that Mama's maybe telling us to get ready, perhaps for the three days of darkness, which could well, I still believe that's one of the secondary meanings of what they showed me. As I brought it to prayer, which is what you have to do, you have to bring these things to prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, and also talk it over with a spiritual director, which I did. It was a Catholic layman, though, who gave me the clue. I had thought about this, but I put it in the back of my mind till he spoke to me himself, just like yourself, Doug, or my brother, Bill. There's some very faithful Catholic laymen, and we priests have to learn to listen to the laity. God gives all manner of gifts to the laymen and laywomen and even teenagers. He can give them very special gifts. We have to learn how to listen to everyone because you never know when and through whom God will speak. And so this good layman said, Father, have you thought about, you know, that vision that you had about the electronics and about maybe uh, the shutdown of the churches with COVID-19? I told him, you know, I, I have thought about it. So he spoke to me for a few minutes. I was very intrigued. I went home and brought it to prayer because he brought that from my memory. This is like a year later, what I had been mulling over. And as, as I began to go into the deepest prayer, the presence of Our Lady became very strong and she began speaking to me. And she seemed to confirm to me this is exactly what was happening. She said that the blackout actually had to do with the Eucharist. That with the COVID-19 and these incredible shutdowns, shutting down the churches worldwide, people were denied the Eucharist in many different ways in their sacraments. And I was remembering Padre Pio, how he said that the world would sooner cease to exist without the Eucharist than without the Son. Mm. The Eucharist is the true Son, and that was that was the blackout, that we were blocked from the very Son. The S-U-N is the S-O-N. We were blacked out. He was blacked out from us. And then Our Lady asked me as I'm praying, I was, oh my gosh, I was thinking. She said, how many times did you see this, she asked me. And I said, three times. She said, where did you see it the second time? I said to her, at the church again, a second time. She told me in my spirit, that's because it's going to happen a second time. Mm. There's going to be another shutdown. Mm. Maybe, the, maybe the same scenario. I understand, I've heard recently that they're experimenting now with several horrible viruses like the Marsburg virus and other ones to release them. It worked so well the first time, why would they not do it a second time? Mm -hmm. That's the way these kinds of people think. Mm. But I received that in prayer, and this is private revelation, so we don't put 100% stock in any of these things, it's private revelation. But she's, every time she or Lord has spoken to me in many different things, it's always come true exactly as they showed me. So she said, this will happen a second time. And then she asked me, did you see it again? I said, yes, mother, a third time I saw it. She said to me, where did you see it? 
I saw it over one of the parishioners' houses, over their home the third time. The first two were at church. The third time was at a house. She said, that's because there will be a third blackout. And what that means is that the first two people could not go to church for mass or for the sacraments, but they found a way to participate through their computers, through Zoom, through the internet, through the YouTube. The third blackout, even that will be blocked. And my sons and daughters will not be able to participate in mass adoration, even electronically, that will be blacked out as well. You know, uh, Father, you were talking about how um, this this darkness that we're talking about, that's the title of our, our, our podcast today, how the 60s seemed to be that time where it all erupted. And uh, I was recalling that, um, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but on April 30th, 1967, was what they called Witches' Night. Now, I think you're right in saying, we, you know, we talked about uh, taking prayer out of school, and then this Catholic uh, president is shot. And, and, and at that time, you know, I think, the, you know, what he stood for was um, for morality and values and virtues and all the, all the things that his Catholic faith informed him of. Uh, there was no sense that, you know, he was uh, a threat or anything as being a Catholic uh, and, a, and president at the same time. It was just okay. But, okay, then, and, and I, so I go to, to the passage where, and we talked about this before the show started, but, um, and I'll just read it quick, quick to you. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. And, you know, I've heard it said, I think Jonathan Kahn theorizes this too, is uh, that, you know, when Jesus came into the world, the house was filled up with, with the, his spirit, with, with, uh, with what God wills. And, and we, we've been fine for a while, but something happened in the 60s. And April 30th, 1967, lo and behold, is, uh, I'm sorry, it's 1966, lo and behold, is the 50th anniversary to the day when the angel visited the children in Fatima, pre preparing them for the Blessed Mother. So what happened on the 50th anniversary of, um, of, of the apparition? On May 13th, 1967, the exact day of the, that was the summer of love, okay? And uh, the song San Francisco was um, was released on that day. But that's when, and we've been talking about this, and I'd like you to go into this, Father, is, you know, we asked before the show, Doug, you you aptly asked it, you know, if, if, if this was our final hour and you wanted to give one word out to people, uh, what would it be, Father? And, and you went to this place, and I think everything that we're talking about that, remember Anton LaVey, he's the one that said, uh, he started the first Church of Satan, by the way, when they had that witch's night. And so at the 50th, so now 
We're over the mark, the 50-year 50, 50 mark heading toward the end. So Satan's ramping up, right, I think. Um, and his, from his satanic Bible, it's the, the, it, it comes the command, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Okay, do whatever you want. If it feels good, do it. The, the Nike slogan, just do it, right? And uh, interesting, I'm talking about this. Because Mary comes, and the very first miracle of Jesus at the wedding of Cana, and Jesus actually, you know, they don't have any wine, she says. And uh, Jesus says, hey, it's not my time. But <laughs> she doesn't even listen to him. She says, she turns to the servants, servants and says, do whatever he tells you, okay? Which is the opposite of Anton LaVey and the church, first church of Satan. Do we want the power of God? Do we want the supernatural power of God? Then we get back to what we lost in the early 60s, emptying the house, now being filled up in 1966, 1967. And I'm just gonna, I've been talking a lot here, but Father, you, you, you pointed to this when we asked you that question, uh, that this is, you know, when you water, when you, uh, when you water it all down, uh, you know, that th this is it. Can you go, can you tell us what you were talking about? Yes. Um, first, just a thought for you that the first miracle of our Lord Jesus was when his holy mother asked him to turn the water into wine. Yep. Do and whatever he, goes, he tells you. Yes. Remember, it was for a wedding feast. Now, okay. isn't, it, isn't this interesting yes. that in Fatima that we're told, Lucia was told that the last attack of Satan would be against the marriage and the yep. family, yep. the very last thing. So yep. perhaps Mary's first miracle was the turning of water into wine at the wedding feast. And her last miracle perhaps will be the restoration of marriage and virginity to the oh, human race. praise God. You that... see the real parallel there. Yep. And I think that's it, that Our Lady is going to transform the muddy water into pure wine of chastity and virginity. Yes, yes. This has been Satan's number one weapon against man. I think at Fatima as well, we were told that sins against the flesh were the number one reason why souls plummet into hell. Yep. We need to take this seriously, beginning with the priests and the bishops. We have to become chaste, virginally chaste. We cannot play with sexual immorality in any way, shape, or form. And not only the Lord is perfect, but we need to pray for him to fill us with perfect purity. We all get tempted. I've been tempted too. We can't look at anything that's evil. We can't think about anything that's evil. We can't play with sexual immorality. Right. It's immoral. It's unnatural. It's ungodly. It's diseased. It will kill our souls and lead us to hell. We must be completely pure. We need a restoration of virginity, that we need to be pure, that every young man, the day he becomes a priest or a brother, a deacon, or gets married, he should be a virgin. Every young woman, the day she becomes a nun or gets married, she should be a virgin. We need to restore perfect purity. John Paul said it best, that without purity, joy is impossible. It's impossible to have joy without purity. Impurity goes against human nature. We need a restoration of virginity. Can I step in real quick? Because I, I just want to quickly follow up on that. Absolutely, Father. 
But we can't do that by workshops and breaking into small groups. What's here is what needs to happen. I know you believe this. Is that you got to help people get to the point where they 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 absolutely fall in love with the Lord, and they uh, they all they they're they're filled with awe and wonder before His presence. So that what? So from that point on, they do whatever He tells them. It's not going to come from workshops and books to restore virginity and to bring marriage back. We got to get people back. And, and it just goes to, to something that I was talking about this weekend, but it, there was a study done in 2014 that showed that 73% of all the newly ordained priests were Eucharistic adorers. And it, so what happens in, in, in adoration is that either I'm sitting there staring at a cracker or that's God. And if, and if all of a sudden you turn yourself over and say that's God, and here's what I was saying, too, to my folks during that time. We got to be careful because we can turn religion into, okay, let's get the kids in the car. Let's go let's get out of the car. Let's, let's look at our watch during mass so it's not too long, and let's rush to the car, and we're done. Yeah. If that's what our religion is, are we going to be so compelled to do whatever he tells you and to, 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 to uh, honor virginity and, and uh, the, the, the sexual act reserved for marriage? Uh, so that's my the Eucharistic revival we're in right now. Oh, I pray, pray, pray that it's about helping us get to the place where that 73% of newly ordained uh, found and led them to, oh, I want to spend my life doing whatever you tell me, right? Father, can you re re respond to that? Uh, what I would include in that is um, is the one-two punch, you know, and I'm sure Doug knows this in boxing, the one-two punch and knock your opponent out. And that's Jesus and Mary is the Eucharist and yeah, the Mary. rosary. Yeah, yeah. it, it really, is. The two pillars of John Bosco, right? Exactamente. Yep. Yes, exactly. That we should go to adoration with the rosary in our hand. Yes. To put it like in the easiest way. Because Mary's the one that said, do whatever he tells you. Yes. See, yeah. she you was in love. Mary right? to Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. She yeah. was in love. We forget that. Yes, that's his yeah. mother. Yes, she's pure. She's faithful. But don't yeah. forget this. She was in love with her son. That's right. She loved him as her Lord and master as well. Yeah. And we need to begin praying to but love the Lord. she had influence too. She yes. had influence over him because, hey, mom, you know, I'm not sure this is my time. And then she doesn't even listen to him. <laughs> she do whatever he tells you. I love that story. The mother's influence, you know. Yes, remember this though. The reason she had influence is because she loved him and he knew yes. it. Yes. Yes. See, it was yep. her love that opened every door. Yep. And Mama says, if you come to me, I will give you the same gift. Yep. In other words, what happens with Mary lives within our hearts, and we pray the rosary, and we should ask for it consciously. We want to begin believing with Mary's faith, hoping with Mary's hope, and loving with Mary's love. Yes. Only Mary had perfect love. Right. And so Mary will give us these gifts if we ask her, especially through the rosary. It's one thing to be before the Blessed Sacrament. That's beautiful. It's a second thing, though, altogether, to be there with Our Lady, loving him in the Eucharist with her very love. Yep. This will change your life dramatically. Yes. It goes, it goes right off the charts. Yep. So this and then really automatically you do whatever he tells you. It's yes. easy. That's why St. Augustine could say, love God and do what you will. That's right. That's yep. what he's referring to. Because when yep. you love God, you can't contradict him when you love I know. him. You can't. And listen, Father Rick, I know you're, and Doug, you know this too. Listen, this is not, we don't say this enough. 
God is unutterably beautiful. Oh, nice. I love you, God. I love the Lord. He's yeah. on. This is what the devil has hidden even from the church. Right. God is not an ogre. The devil is an ogre. I've right. seen the devil. He's yeah. an ogre. God is so beautiful. The only reason he doesn't appear to us fully, because we would die of joy. We could not comprehend right. the beauty of God. You right. see the beauty of Mary? That's a small reflection of the beauty of God. So realize this, when you begin to understand the beauty of your Savior, you can't help but fall in love with him. That's, right. That's why one modern writer said, in the end, the world will be saved by beauty. Nice. The beauty of God and the beauty of his Holy Mother. She's the moon that reflects his sunlight beauty. Nice. So remember that and ask Our Lady, Mama, ask Jesus himself, Lord, reveal to my heart your beauty. Show me who you really are and and we need to say this to read the Bible. If you start reading the Bible even a little bit, like St. Therese of Lusu said, don't try to read a whole chapter. Read a line or a paragraph a day. Yep. That's, that's enough. Just read a line or a paragraph. The scriptures are soaked in the beauty of God. Yep. He is unutterably beautiful. Father, can you talk a little bit about the, the, I like to use the term supernatural language, the supernatural dialogue, meaning that there are a lot of people right now, and, you know, Father Heilman and I talk a lot about this, and we've had other guests talk about a supernatural gut feeling. That's how I, I call it that. It's not just, uh, yeah, you look at politics and you see things are kind of out of shape, and you look at the borders broken, and you look at, you know, addictions and fentanyl and all this, and that's all very, very in our face. We see it. But there's a supernatural kind of gut feeling that things are different now. But doesn't that then and I would say this to people out there who, who might be getting that same sense because right now someone is saying, oh yeah, yeah, I get that same gut feeling. Yeah, it's, it's something different. It's deeper. It's in the heart. It's in the spiritual side of how I feel. So then what about the supernatural deep dialogue? How important is it? And do, do more people, do you think that more people are, are being tapped on the shoulder, so to speak, by, uh, by God to have that deeper spiritual conversation and dialogue and maybe just think, ah, oh, that wouldn't be me. That's something for saints. That's something for Father Jim or Father Rick because they're priests. You know, they, they're so excited about God. That would never be me. Because as a layman, I can tell you, I have been there where I've thought, yeah, that's great for those people that God gives the gift to. And then an old spiritual director said to me, Doug, God's trying to have this conversation with everybody on some level. But a lot of us are so connected to the earthly dialogue and the worldly conversations that we don't respond to that supernatural gut feeling and we don't cry out and strive for a deeper dialogue with God even if it's you know and Father Heimann some of his favorite words are my Lord and my God you know and just the fact that we should be at that point but we go through our our, our blockages if you will we've got mental spiritual sort of things that get in the way our worldliness our sinfulness and such can you speak about that supernatural gut feeling that more people might be feeling that, yes, yeah, something's different now? And from that, the supernatural call for a deeper dialogue with God on a more intimate level. Yeah, beautiful, Doug. Uh, well said. Uh, relationship. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, Pope Benita, wrote about this frequently, philosophically and theologically, relatio that our relationship with God, that's at the heart of everything. St. Paul once said that salvation really comes down to this, Christ dwelling within. Mm. So the Protestants are right, although Bishop Sheen said it long before the Protestants, that we need a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we are creatures of love because we were made by a God of love. 
And what is a relationship without communication? What kind of friendship is that? If I have my dad by my side, he never says a thing to me ever for 35 years in a row. Or my son, or my wife, or my brother. Communication is of the essence of relationship, of course. And so somehow we've been blocked from this reality of the Catholic life and the Christian life. When you read the Acts of the Apostles, the first Catholics went to Mass every day, and they were exploding with the Holy Spirit. There were gifts of prophecy and knowledge and miracles all over the place. We need a revival of these gifts, not for the gift, but for the giver. We need the gift to fall in love with the giver. And so this is really at the heart of our Catholic faith, this friendship. And what I'm seeing all over the world, even in the Catholic Church, even in marriages, and even among many of my fellow priests, is loneliness. I see loneliness everywhere, especially in the youth, but all over the place. And I know married couples, even some faithful Catholic married couples, who seem to be to be lonely. And that's, St. Augustine is the one who caught it best. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Listen, we were made for God, not to be his puppets, to be his friends, to be his sons and daughters, and even to be his spouse. We were made for God. Yeah. God loves us. And how can we have a friendship with God with no communication? And so beginning here and now, every Catholic needs to begin praying for the gift of communication and communion with God. Yeah. Jesus, our Savior, actually said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. They hear my voice. Yeah. So we have a, a scriptural promise here, a biblical teaching. Ask the Lord, I want to hear your voice. Ask him that in front of the Blessed Sacrament and with the help of the Virgin Mary. And of course, it helps to have little norms of discernment when you first get started in this. After a while, you get it down. You know his voice. You know his voice instantly, like a newborn baby there in the hospital, maybe in one of 50 cribs with 50 newborn babies. But when her mother calls her name out, Julia, that little baby turns. The one who is the daughter of that mother turns to that voice. We have to be like those newborn babes that hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ as soon as he calls our name. And remember this. The voice of the Lord and the voice of Our Lady. Remember, St. Elizabeth of Trinity said we could distinguish the voices of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and Our Lady. Four different voices. We can actually distinguish them as persons. Remember this, God and Our Lady, the fruit of their words within your heart is love and peace and joy and wisdom, truth. So if you have a voice that's giving you love or joy or peace or truth, then you know it's coming from heaven. Those are four very good guidelines. But the Lord hungers for our love. That's why Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, had those words printed in every convent around the world. I thirst. What does he thirst for? What does he need? He thirsts for you. Yeah. He literally loves us. When he made me, he could have made a thousand, a million, a billion different persons, but he chose the exact one he wanted in my mother's will. He decided to make you and to make me. He wanted, he said, I like that design right there. I like that one. Let that one be. Every one of us has been chosen out of billions and trillions of possibilities. He chose each one of us. 
because he wants to love us forever. Nice. And part of love is communication. Mm. Pray to the Lord before the sacrament and to Our Lady to hear the voice of the Lord and the voice of the angel clearly. God will grant this gift. And just watch for those words of love, joy, peace, and biblical wisdom. I wholeheartedly agree, Father. And it, I, was, I was hearing the word love, and oh, I love to hear that. But uh, I know that you're a strong proponent of the flame of love, the devotion. Can you help people who maybe have never heard of that? Or what, what, what are we talking about here? And how does, that, how does that speak to our times right now? Thank you. Well, it speaks to us um, in two ways in particular, just the very title. This is an approved set of revelations from Hungary. Uh, Cardinal uh, Peter Erdo gave the imprimatur. It has six or seven imprimaturs around the world. In our own country, we have one of our own Catholic bishops here, Archbishop Chapu, the former Bishop of Philadelphia, also gave the imprimatur for the English editions. Now, I would recommend everyone get a copy of the book of the Flame of Love Diary. The visionary's name, she's actually a locutionist, is Elizabeth Kendallman. And the name Flame of Love, it captures two things immediately. That in the world today, we see like the walking dead. There's like a death, a coldness and a death everywhere. And we see a lack of love. The two things we need the most is we need new life. We need a new flame and we need love. So this movement captures both of those in their very essence. We need a flame of love to free us from being among the walking dead who live without love. We need a new flame of love. So it's a type of Pentecost. It's, I call it charis the charismatic movement 2.0. It's a new indwelling of the Holy Spirit or a further enriching of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But it's more powerful than the charismatic movement. At the same time, more gentle. More gentle and more powerful. Why is that? Because I think it's because of the patroness, the Virgin Mary herself. Mm. She is both unutterably gentle and beautiful in her love and yet you know she wears combat boots she's right. all powerful she's utterly gentle and completely powerful the flame of love is like this it's utterly gentle but completely powerful so it's a refreshing of our baptismal graces and a new grace really to bring about the victory the great victory that has been promised the flame of love is meant to bring that about through certain special prayers. So it's a renewal. It's just what we need in our time. New love and new life, a new power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just as simple as asking our Lord and Our Lady to fill us with the flame of love. And I would recommend the reading of the diary is, is quite beautiful. It's very simple and beautiful. My experience has been when I read the teachings of our Lord and Our Lady, to the locutionist, Elizabeth Kindleman, who's gone to her reward. When you just read the words, you start being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And there's the prayer in particular, the unity prayer, that blinds everything diabolical. So this lovelessness that we're seeing, and this death we're seeing, is something purely diabolical. These are the fruits of the evil spirit. But this prayer blinds and binds everything diabolical. It's called the unity prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. 
May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. And by the way, brothers, there's a smaller prayer that was revealed as well. These both have the imprimatur. It's a smaller prayer that you can say independently on its own, or it can be inserted into the Hail Mary. And so that little prayer goes like this. And one reason why I love this little prayer is meant to bring, to bring about the worldwide victory. Mm. It actually includes the concept and the prophecy of the great warning, that the great warning or the illumination of conscience, this prayer will bring that about quicker. And mm. I think that we need this warning. I think we need it desperately. I think mm. we need it desperately. Yeah. This prayer, the more we say it, the quicker it will come. It's a very simple prayer. Let me read this out real quick. O blessed lady, spread the effect of grace, of thy flame of love, over all of humanity. That's the whole prayer. That prayer will help bring about the promised, um, the promised warning or illumination of conscience, which we need desperately. Mm -hmm. So this is really quite a, a prophetic um, revelation from heaven, something quite beautiful with many imprimators. It's just what we need at this time. It's something that binds and blinds the evil spirits from your family. I've used it with people possessed by demons. When I've said the prayer, they were released in front of me just from this prayer. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that before. Like someone released from something very strong in a matter of one or two minutes. And something that's the unity prayer? That's the unity prayer, Father. Right. And when I went over to Europe. I, I travel over there quite a bit. I'll be going again in a couple of weeks. I was surprised when I first had this experience, I flew over to Europe with the Flame of Love movement and discovered there that there were four exorcist priests in Europe in varying countries who had done the same thing. They had the same exact experience that I had had. Four other priests who were exorcists used the prayer with amazing and stunning results. But imagine that if a priest who's an exorcist or any priest uses this holy prayer, and what it does for us to set people free, what will it do in your living room? Mm -hmm. What will it do for you married men in your families? Mm -hmm. This is the perfect prayer for fathers and mothers to say for their families. And it's such a beautiful prayer like Our Lady. Again, it's gentle, but all-powerful. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't scare anybody, a yeah, teenager. Father, some, some right away, I know parents, and you know, as a parent myself, you have five kids, they're all out of the house now. And parents are going to be wondering, okay, my kid's away in college. My kid lives across the country. They've left the faith or whatever, some struggle. Um, how efficacious is this for a parent to pray for their kids when their kids are no longer under their roof? It's efficacious. Um, our Lord told Elizabeth Kendallman in words, again, in the diary that have the imprimatur, that this would cover all of the children of the family wherever they were. Mm, so it will bring a blessing over your children wherever they are. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. All right, Father. Well, I think our time is up. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Thank you for having Just me. unbelievable. And uh, let's get this flame of love going. Let's pray, mm -hmm. pray, pray that this flame of love uh, penetrates our entire culture. And so could you end us with a little prayer, Father? Yes. And just to mention that they have an amazing website, a very well-organized website, the yes. Flame of Love US, www.flameoflove.us. It's also in, in Spanish, www.llamadeamor.org. Beautiful website. I guess Doug will put that on the credits later. Yeah, yep. we'll have that in the uh, for the summary uh, or yeah. the, the uh, description below for everybody. 
Nice. Sure. I'd you be can glad lead to. us in a prayer, Father? Yes, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, I want to thank you for Father Rick and for Doug, our two good brothers in Christ. And they do a, a holy work for you, a strong work. And sometimes they put their necks on the line for you. I ask you, Lord, to reward them with angelic protection and give both of them encouragement in their hearts. Show them, my beautiful Lord Jesus, and everyone who watches this video, show us and reveal to us your love. We need you, my Lord. We need you more than a drowning man needs oxygen. We need you. Show my brothers and show all who watch this video how greatly you love us. Lord, break open any barriers. Touch and speak to all of your Catholic people and all those who watch this video. And let them know that you are the very reason for our life. You revealed your love through Jesus. You continue to reveal him through the Holy Spirit. You perfect that love through Mary's intercession. And you fill us with that love through the Eucharist. We love you, we need you, and we praise you. And we say now for all those watching and for the whole country, we now pray, Hail Mary, grace. full of grace, grace. The, Lord the Lord is with, is thee. with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May I give you a blessing, brothers. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May God fill you with his love and his joy, with hope and with protection. May he bless your family members as well. May he save our country. May he renew the church and save the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we praise you, Lord. Amen. 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 And I encourage people, please uh, just go to YouTube and put in Father's name and the most incredible preaching I've ever seen. It's, mm. it's just, it'll, it'll blow you away. So yeah. please do that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Father. Yeah, You're welcome. Thank you, thank you too. Thank, thank you, brothers. Me. Thank you so much. My, my joy. God is great. Amen. Amen.